The voice of Husker Nation is on the air. This is Hale Varsity Radio. Insight, opinion, expertise, along with the biggest names talking Nebraska sports. Join in with the show at 402-489-1240 or 1-800-825-5865. Now, here are your hosts, Chris Schmidt and Elijah Herbel. Back into it, it's Hour 2, it's Hale Varsity Radio. We welcome in with ESPN, Sirius XM, and uh, of course the Schick and Nick podcast. Mad Schick back with us at ESPN underscore Schick on Twitter. Man, I'm going to whine. I, I like talking to you. I'm so thankful that you take the call and then spend time with this, but I'm not going to lie to you, man. I need to be putting for dough right now. Well, yeah, drive for show, putt for dough, whatever it takes to get on the uh, the golf course is really what you need to do. It's hard. You know, these are first-world problems you have. You're getting paid to host a radio show. <laughs> uh, I'm sure people love hearing you complain while they're at their normal desk job. But, you know, when the weather's nice outside, you do need to get outside. It's warmer in Lincoln than it is uh, than I think it is here in Charlotte. So the one, it, this is like one of three days a year I'm actually jealous of you guys. Well, Charlotte is pretty nice year-round, uh, so you, you win the battle. We'll take the war today. And I want to get into some college football with you. And thoughts on Nebraska getting to, to recess right now at 3-3? Three and three. Yeah, I think this was kind of about what you pegged preseason. Um, I, I'm not, you know, the, the one swing game in there was probably Minnesota. I don't think anyone thought they'd start 2-0. and um, Being 0-2 was certainly on the table. And once that happened, you would gladly take 3-3 three and three going into the bye week. I, you know, I, I preseason picked them to go 6-6. Six and six. I still think they will. I think Matt Rule said it best uh, today. That we not a team we can beat, and there's not a team that can't beat us. And that's kind of where you're at with this with this team. I think they're... In a lot of ways, they're fortunate to have the record they are because they tried to give that game away on Friday. Well, Matt, it's funny the the way that that Matt Rule says we think we can beat all the teams, or we think all the teams can beat us, essentially, because it, it flies in stark contrast to Scott Frost giving Indiana that bulletin board material a couple years ago. Yeah, um, it, it, it's interesting because you know Rule kind of calls it like it is. Rule kind of, you know, he. He understands where the team is at. He's not saying you better get us now. He's not saying this is the worst we're going to be. He doesn't know what the future holds. He knows it's a slow build. He knows not to make promises and write checks his ego can't cash. Or his ego, his write checks his ego, the body can't cash, I think is the top gun line that I butchered. But um, <laughs> he is, I think he understands the landscape. I think it's kind of one of those, you know, you're three and three. Um, you kind of, to go back to the golf analogy, you kind of snuck in a little par putt there. You run off the green, you go to the, you go to the clubhouse and now it's ready for the back nine and, and hopefully you can keep the momentum going. But I mean, frankly, it's one of the, the, the downsides of the big 10 this year is that it's so top heavy. Uh, the bright side to that is you only have one of those top-heavy teams on your schedule, and you've already played it. I mean, Nebraska's toughest game is in the rearview mirror. Um, its toughest road game is ahead of it outside of the Colorado game. But going to Wisconsin late, not ideal with the team in its first year with a head coach. But 
I mean, they, there are a lot of different permutations and possibilities you could spin out uh, for, for Nebraska's final six games. Matt Schick is with us from ESPN, Sirius XM, the Schick and Nick podcast at ESPN underscore Schick. As we kind of wind down on, on Nebraska, what do you foresee offensively uh, with this team? Do you think they can get better under Harburg, or do you think they have to take a look back at Sims? I'm not sure that it truly matters uh, at this point. I think it's a matter of, you know, who do you – who do you trust the most? And uh, it's probably a 1A, 1B with Harburg. Um, I also think this is a team that could probably use some Jeff Sims packages mm-hmm. to keep teams on their heels. There just isn't enough to keep you, to keep a defensive coordinator restless. Uh, it might be worth giving them something to think about, assuming he's 100% healthy or assuming that's on the horizon after the bye week. You kind of work him back in, not as a starter, but as a guy that can mix it up a little bit, whether it's short yardage situation, whether it's just, you know, I mean, you're down to your third or fourth string running back. You might as well incorporate Sims in the run game a little bit at quarterback. So I, I think the, it's just a matter of how often they turn the ball over, truly. I mean, have better talent, at least better talent than, than Northwestern. Um, you're going to be on par at the very worst offensively with Iowa. Uh, Purdue offensively is a very mixed bag. Defensively, they're pretty good. Um, you know, Iowa might have laid out some sort of defensive blueprint there. And, and frankly, with the way Nebraska is playing defense and the way they're tackling, you know, they're fortunate that it's just not. It, it doesn't look like a team that's going to give up big plays. You're going to have to earn it down the field. Um, and that's a good spot to be in because Nebraska is the kind of team that's not going to get big plays offensively. So you're kind of in a, in a war of attrition of who's going to make the first mistake first on these seven to 10 play drives. Uh, if you want to find the end zone, 12 play drives, and that's a good spot for Nebraska to be in with their margin for error so slim. Now, what's nice about the bye week is we can go a little bit bigger picture on the the season, and specifically the Big Ten West season as a whole. We'll be doing that this week. And I want to get your thoughts outside of Wisconsin. Who has the best offense in the Big Ten West? Best offense in the Big Ten West, I think, potential-wise, is Purdue. They're just not just not manifesting itself right now. I mean, they, they throw up 40-plus against Illinois, and then they get stymied against Wisconsin and Iowa. It's certainly not Iowa. Northwestern might scare you a little bit, but Brendan Sullivan, Ben Bryant, you know, put them in a hat, pick it out, see what happens. Illinois has certainly been the most disappointing team at this point, but I guess, you know, that, that's not the kind of program that's just going to reload when you lose NFL draft picks. So I, I would probably lean outside of Wisconsin. I would lean toward, toward Purdue, but I mean, frankly, you look at the, the the Big Ten mess, there's really not a lot to be concerned about. It seems, you know, the, the West is going to be decided this week, and that's pretty early here uh, before the mid part of October, but that's kind of kind of what's going to happen here if Wisconsin wins, which they're expected to, and then if not, maybe it drags on another few weeks. Well, it just feels like, Matt, that outside of Wisconsin, and maybe you could even throw Wisconsin in that category, I don't think I would, but it feels like you have six teams that are trying to polish a turd with their offense. Yeah, I, I wouldn't. <laughs> I would disagree with that. Um, it's uh, there, there's nothing there's nothing that scares you about any of these teams. None of them. I mean, they who, who's the off, who's the best player on Iowa offensively? Eric All. Who's the best player on Northwestern? 
Uh, Sullivan, who was their backup quarterback, maybe. Minnesota, it's a running back who is kind of in and out of the lineup. Darius Taylor, who is it for Nebraska? Pick a name out of a hat. Mm-hmm. Uh, Thomas Fedoni, like, I, I don't know who it is offensively. Hudson Card for Purdue, maybe Maccabee at running back. Illinois, they, they don't know what they're doing right now. So there's just nothing there that, that frightens you. The best player in the in the West, the best player overall is Braylon Allen. And with Ches Malusi out of the lineup, he's going to be getting 20-plus carries a game. Matt Schick with us. A couple more minutes. Hail Varsity Radio at ESPN underscore Schick. So, Schick, you, you covered a lot of national games, and I've always been – in the Mario Cristobal camp as a good football coach. Did so at Oregon. Uh, I loved the hire for Miami. And and then now it's it's been an ongoing joke about refusing to kneel. Uh, in, in your world, uh, touch on the, the, the blowback and the reaction uh, that, that you've been able to see with being in ACC land with Miami having an unbeaten season until they didn't. I wonder if he proposed standing up. Oh, no. Wow. I wonder. I just, there are a lot of things that, you know, I tweeted it out earlier in the week that uh, when I was younger and I would play video games with my brother, it might have been PS1, we were playing NCAA football. And you know how you could see the, uh, the plays that were being decided between mm-hmm. on each side and his screen when he had a lead late night and have any timeout, one of his options was QB Neal. And that used to infuriate me. And then he'd select it and I'm like, well, what are we even doing here? Why am I even here for the last minute and a half of this game? This isn't real life. Play it out. I would have loved to have had a Mario a young Mario Cristobal living up the street. <laughs> we would have had a great, great time uh, play video. It is one of the most egregious things that you'll see. The fact that it's happened not once but twice. The fact that when you look at the box score, whether they're up three, up seven, up 40, he's not taking these. He's playing it out to the final whistle. I don't know, preaching toughness, preaching playing to the finish line. Uh, He doesn't believe in the knee. So that's that's quite the accomplishment there. I, I, I don't know how you move on from that. I don't know as a player. It's like this week, hey, we got North Carolina now. Great. That should have been a battle of unbeatens with game day on hand. Instead, we're we're just kind of licking our wounds here after a loss to Georgia Tech. I don't I don't know how it happens, uh, but we'll I guess we'll find out how much they believe in their coach with how they perform this week. And Matt, to your point, my favorite tweet I saw this week said that every D1 coaching interview should have a room. The coaching kid has to walk in. It's NCA 14 loaded up. Mm-hmm. One minute 30 left. You're ahead by three. The other team has one timeout. If you don't win the game, you can't get the job. And I think it's a, it's a perfect representation for what we saw this past weekend. Yeah, I would agree with that. I would I would agree with that. Um, I've always felt like people auditioning for sportscaster jobs need to be able to throw a, a need to three. I need to see your throwing motion for a baseball or football before I take you seriously in your analysis. Uh, I think I think that's legitimate for college coaches as well. Let's let's see, you know, even if you didn't play the game, let's see if you can play the game, see if it's in the game in EA Sports, and see if you can figure your out, figure your way out of this panic room here. Uh, because the moment that Mario Cristobal in that job audition selects a toss sweep up three with no timeouts left for the opposition at like their the midfield is the moment they say, "Thank you, sir." We've We'll let you know. We'll get back to you. <laughs> That's pretty good. Uh, are you going to chip in on the Mark Stoops collection plate? 
Don't you just love that? Don't you just love the it, it? The Mark Stoops comment comes on the heels of him saying, "We're not making any excuses, but <laughs> pay us, pay our, pay our kids more. We don't have enough money." Um, I love that. That's that's great. T- telling uh, you know Jack and Judy who are scraping by to try and get their son uh, and their family to pay for parking at a game, let alone attendance at a game, and they're asking for more money. I just think that's that's very rich, uh, pun intended there, for Mark Stoops. And it's not wrong. I mean, he's not inaccurate in what he's saying, but there is no universe where, you know, even if you add, even if everyone in the state gave $10,000, that Kentucky is becoming a football powerhouse. They're just not. The same thing would happen like at Iowa. Let's get the Swarm Collective to raise a billion dollars. What What are you getting out of that? Not a national championship. So, you just kind of have to know where you live, and, and Kentucky is just not going to be one of those elite level programs. And but I understand what he's saying, and you might as well if he thinks that's the only thing that's stopping him, uh, rather than you know recruit, develop, retain, and all those things that go into actual coaching. Then then God bless him, and then then shell out the money. But I think there's someone named John Calipari who would like your money to go elsewhere. Yeah, and that's that's always a fun hangout relationship between those two uh, with, uh, yeah, with it was years ago where the uh, recruiting budget for basketball outweighed the entire football yes. budget for football there at Kentucky. So it, it, it I don't did. know if that's swayed at all. No, I, I, I don't know if it's different, but hey, uh, Stoops making 8.6 a year at, at Kentucky and seven and five's nice, you know, uh, Matt Schick's with us at ESPN underscore Schick. Host of the Schick and Nick show as well. Schick, I need your top four before we say goodbye. The the top four teams, who's in Schick's playoff? Well, right now, based on what they've done uh, and what they've accomplished, and there's so many undefeated teams, um, I would go just by eye test and resume. Uh, Michigan's in there. I would put uh, Florida State in there. Um I would put Washington in there, and I would probably put probably put Ohio State for their road win against um, Notre Dame. Okay. I mean, Georgia is probably one of the top two teams in the country, but you know, I just need to see a little bit more uh, from them. But I think in the end, it'll be Georgia, Michigan, and then fill in the blank. I mean, frankly, the gap between Georgia, Michigan, and the rest of college football, I think, is actually fairly sizable mm-hmm. and it feels like those are going to be the last two at the end but we're only halfway halfway home at this point i can't i can't wait to see washington oregon i can't wait to see how ohio state handles penn state and michigan and and, and all those permutations but um you know i i'm still waiting to see more in oklahoma i'm not i'm not buying in them uh at this juncture and frankly to make the playoff they have to run the table they do, and uh, I could see them slipping up somewhere. Sheck, not to, to to leave you on a downer here, but I'm just wondering uh, how are how are things in in Coach Prime Land uh, from a a well will will Dion be back for a second year? Do you worry about him getting poached? No, no, I don't. I don't. Uh, and frankly, those are good problems to have if you're if your coach following a one and eleven season a year later is going to get poached. Uh, you've done something right, but. Um, the, the university has received tenfold what they paid him at this point. Uh, but I'm not. We, we had Rick George on College Game Day a couple of weeks ago, and I asked him you know, about the conversations he's having with Deion Sanders, and this was right before the Oregon game. And he goes, we're having conversations. I am not worried at all 
about him leaving. And frankly, when you're when you hit the over uh, in the win total before mid-October, life is pretty good. Uh, they had to win last week to become bowl eligible. They still have to win this week to have a chance to become bowl eligible. Uh, but it's been it's been pretty impressive. I'm actually more concerned about Shadur mm-hmm. uh, than I <laughs> at this point. But hopefully, hopefully he'll stick around too. Sheik, always great to chat with you, man. Thanks for jumping on with us. You got it, guys. Enjoy your bye.